What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. Every week, I'm sitting down with interesting and awesome humans just trying to gain some perspective, and I appreciate you guys for coming along on this ride. We have another awesome guest for you this week, but before I do get to the guest, I have to send a big thank you to St. Louis Deck and Fence. This episode is sponsored by them. Go to stldeckandfence.com and check them out. They are making beautifully crafted decks and fences. Trust me, guys, you will not be disappointed. Give them a call. Go to their website. Check them out. They will come out and give you a free quote. They are professional. They are friendly. I cannot recommend them highly enough. If you are in the St. Louis area, give them a shout. Let them know that Adam sent you. Go to stldeckandfence.com today. You will be happy that you did. All right, my guest today. I'm so pumped to sit down with this guy. He is just such a good human being. I have not heard a single bad thing about this guy ever i doubt there will ever be a person to say a bad thing about this guy he's just such a good human being his name is quitron he is a chef uh an entrepreneur a martial artist qui owns uh both miley and nudo house restaurants here in st louis he also has a ppe company called ear to ear supply he is a pillar of the community here in St. Louis. He does a lot of charity work. He is a pillar of the St. Louis restaurant scene. Just in general, Kui is just an amazing human, and it was really awesome getting to sit down with him and hear his story and just talk to him. Uh, we do cover quite a bit of his story, but there's an amazing article uh, by St. Louis Mag that you can check out. I have the link in my show notes. Um, but man, Kui is a polio survivor. He immigrated here with his parents as refugees um, in 1980. He's uh, been in St. Louis for the past 41 years now. Um, just, just a really great human being and uh, just, a, again, a pillar of the community. So really pumped to connect with him. Without any further ado, let's get to the conversation. Let's gain some perspective, guys, with Kui Tron. You know what's crazy is like I'm I always hated hearing the sound of my voice. Yeah. But now that I've done so many interviews and like I have to like listen to myself because a lot of times like you know the more you're on TV or the more you're doing something you have to listen to yourself to make sure uh you don't if there's certain ticks or something that you do, yeah, you want to make sure you stop doing those or keep saying like you know or oh, right. you know. Right. So it's it's kind of uh I um I, I say like a lot, and it drives me insane. I'll, I'll be talking, I'll be like, 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 like. It's just this mental loop yeah, that I get stuck in. You just don't, you don't realize it unless you, so I always hated hearing the sound of my voice, but the more and more, like, you had to do TV interviews or speak in front of people, you want to make yeah. sure that you stop using those as much. Right. You know, and I think naturally we all tend to use them, but you just try to, 
not use them as much. Right. Because sometimes when you watch yourself, you're just like, God, I, I can't believe I said that like a million times. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's like you just you just feel this whole rush, just like this wave just come over you. Right. Of just You just you just hate yourself for a moment. No, but I mean like now you got the podcast, so it helps a lot. Right. You know, and I think like for myself, the more interviews and stuff like that, I, I tend to be a little bit more conscious about it. Yeah. And try not to do it as much. You do a lot of media. Oh. I was, because obviously, like, I'm, I always try to do a little bit of research. Like, I don't ever want to, I always try to walk this line. I don't want to do too much to where it's, like, I know every bit about somebody. Right. Because, like, I want to genuinely, like, get to know somebody and discover things. But you want to know something, right? So you're just not, of like, course. walking Of course, you got to do a little dark. research. And you have quite a, there's a lot of <laughs> fucking media on you is the point. <laughs> well, at least. You're crushing it, dude. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, you know, like I said, it's uh, it's one of those things where there has been a lot of media. I've been very fortunate to get it. Uh, but I think it's also because of the work and the community aspect of what we've done. Right. And, you know, that's why, you know, like I said, I've been fortunate to be able to do that. But, you know, it, it's just I, I have a little bit of a platform, so I kind of want to, you know, promote good stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And right. so it's just like, you know, it's always like doing something in the community. Like, I'm a polio survivor, so we do a lot. Right, of, I read that. Yeah, so we do a lot of, like, uh, community. Um, we do a lot of good charity work for whether it's, like, the March of Dimes or mm. Pedal the Cause, which yeah. is cancer research or, you know, um, on and on and on. Yeah, very rescue. much a pillar of the St. Louis, <laughs> like, community. Well, I grew up here, man. You know, uh, even though I wasn't born here, this is my city. You know, I grew up here. We came here in 1980, so... Uh, you know, I pay my taxes here. I got my friends here. You know, this is my city. And, you know, people helped me along the way. You know, we've earned everything we've gotten, but people have helped along the way. And the biggest thing to do is to pay that forward, you know. Yeah, yeah. That So, like, community and, like, family and culture, like, that's a huge, like, foundation for you. Like, a, a principle that you just kind of live by. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's been such a, you know, St. Louis has been good to me. Yeah. And... Obviously, there's been some things in St. Louis that's been bad to me as well, but that's just life, right? Right. But, you know, I, I think one of the things that, you know, in our nasty climate these days, I think we lack, you know, you talk about empathy, right? Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where we lack empathy and compassion. Uh, we all want the same things. You know, we're not very different. We may look different, but deep down, we all want the same things. And I think what ends up happening is we don't talk to one another as much. And, you know, nowadays in the age of social media, right? Uh, everybody's just on TV or they're playing video games. Like when I was growing up, there were no cell phones. There were, you know, it was like, right. hey, go down there and play with Adam. You know, it's <laughs> like, well, I don't even like that. We don't even speak the same language, you know. And <laughs> my, you know, mom or your mom be like, I don't care. You know, yeah. just go talk. And so you're, so you're forced to interact with one another, but you also learn a lot of communication skills. And you learn a lot from one another. And then deep down, that helps with the growing process. Right. You know, and and it's just one of those things where, uh, like for me, I've always been the only Asian kid. I grew up on the hill. So I've been the only Asian kid in an Italian neighborhood. And then, you know, half of the time I stayed in Laclede Town. I don't know if you know what Laclede Town is. Where is that? So Laclede Town is no longer. SLU tore it all down. But Mm Laclede Town... It used to be across the street from Harristow State College. Yeah, I know somebody who grew up there. I actually had him on the podcast. Oh, uh, right like, on. Right so, in the beginning. So crazy thing. We're the only Asian family in Laclede Town, so predominantly a black neighborhood. So, you know, growing up, for me, I've, I've always been in those uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but it, 
it never felt uncomfortable because I was just so being so used to it. Right. Know? I can definitely relate that. So, sure. like, growing up here in Missouri, um, I grew up, like, in what's, it's Potosi. It's probably, you know, it's a small little town, not very many people. I was probably, like, one of, like, ten black people like, sure. in the whole fucking place. <laughs> yeah. But when you're a kid, you don't really think about those differences. You just see people. It's right. usually outside people who, like, make you aware of those differences. It's never, it's never usually just like, oh, man, like, I'm way different than you because all you see is just people. Like, at the end right. of the day, we're all just people for sure. Um, but yeah, dude, St. Louis is, it's, it's an interesting city. Um, I always say like we're a hidden gem because we have such an awesome culinary scene, which is obviously like something that (laughs) (laughs) like you're a part of like building. I feel like the scene here is just, is so crazy. Like nobody thinks about St. Louis whenever they think about like restaurants or activities or or places to go. But we're like, we have an awesome city here for, for culinary and just a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, I mean it's it's been great. I mean, you know, uh, Food and Wine magazine has labeled us numerous years top five food city in the country. Yeah. Excuse me, man. You're, I got these allergies. You're good, man. I apologize. It's all good. <laughs> so you know, it's take just, your time. Um, yeah, I mean, St. Louis. They keep calling us a flyover city, but the food scene and the talent and everything that all the chefs have been doing together, yeah, has brought that kind of tourism and you know attention to St. Louis. And the the culinary, you know, food's art. You know, it's like fighting. It's like anything, right? It's an attraction. You know, it's something that people put their, you know, whole lives into, their heart and soul into. And, and, and that translates whether it's fighting, whether it's in a painting, whether it's in a dish. And, uh, you know, all that brings people together. You know, it's like sports, art, food. Uh, you know, the term breaking bread, that's that's what it means. You know, food brings everyone together. So, right. You know, we could, it's like music. You know, we could, everybody could be of different backgrounds, but then the Snoop Dogg song comes on. Everybody knows who Snoop Dogg is. <laughs> right. It brings people together. Right. I mean, it's just like, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, um, that's what it does. And yeah, like you said, I mean, it's weird, right? Because as a kid, you look at each other and you just see people. You don't really see color, you know? And obviously, you growing up out there have dealt with a lot of racism. You know, race, people don't want to talk about racism. People don't want to talk about what's out there. Yeah. Uh, but, it, it, you know, until we confront, it's like if you, you know, it's like your uncle, right? It's like your father. You love your father. But you will always point out his faults because you love him. Right. You know, like you don't agree with him on everything. It's like, Dad, that was really wrong. You know, I can't believe you thought that way. You know, that was really right. wrong. And if you don't point stuff out like that, he can't be a better person. Right. And so, you know, when you we point out things like this, people, you know, it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. But, you know, in order to fix something, you have to be uncomfortable, right? 100%. You got to have those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a, so growing up where, you know, in Potosi or whatever, obviously there's not that many black people <laughs> out there. But, you know, like I, uh, you know, I, I've seen and dealt with so much racism in the restaurants, you know, from my customers, you know, it's. Uh, the, sometimes it's indirectly; they don't even realize it. It's uh, yeah. Oh, I can't believe you speak English so well. Or you know, oh, do you consider yourself an American? <laughs> I mean, what the what kind of question was that? Yeah, you know? it's like I am an American. What are you talking about? You got here when you were like six months, a no, year. I got here um, when I was three. You're so three. Nineteen eighty. Right. Okay. So I've been here and I've lived in St. Louis my whole entire life. Right. So from nineteen eighty till now, I mean, that's forty. You know, forty years yeah. plus. So it's just one of those things where you're just kind of like, you know, people, uh, they don't realize they're doing things. And and it we need to point that stuff out. Right. You know, like I've had, I remember we had a conversation 
I usually don't like to get into politics with some of my customers, but I remember there was a situation to where it got kind of serious, and I was like, you know what? It's not that busy right now. I'm going to indulge these guys. <laughs> you know, and, you know, there was that question. It was like, you consider yourself an American, right? And I was like, I don't consider myself an American. I am an American clown. You right. know, indirectly in my head, I'm like, I'm an American, you idiot. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, no, I'm an American. I was like, I don't know why you think any differently. He goes, well, you know, and I was like, no, I don't know. Right. And, uh, you know, he talked to me. He goes, well, why do you, you know, he asked this question. He goes, why are there all these labels? You know, why are you Asian American and African American and Mexican American? You know, he mentioned all this, but he never mentioned Irish American, Italian Americans. Right. Because they're considered Americans because they're white. Mm-hmm. They're European descent. Right? Yeah. So I tell him, I said, well, let's go back. Let's go back in time. I said, I'm not saying you started it, but you did start it. White people started that. I said, throughout history, when the Italians came here, you know, I wanted to do something where he could relate. So when the Italians came here, who labeled them? You did. The, they were Italian Americans. Right. You know, the rednecks from the South. They were very, oh, these Dago, greasy hair, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then when the Irish came in, they were labeled Irish Americans. Right. They were labeled Irish. They weren't even labeled Irish Americans yet. They were just Irish. Right. You know, and, you know, that's what we mean by systemic racism, you know. So that has been embedded, and then it's just like a trickle-down effect, right? right? So then later on you have, I said, you know, you did white bathrooms, color people bathrooms. Right. I said, so, you know, you can't expect people to change when you, the white person, has embedded those labels into the rest of the country since the beginning of time. Right. There's there's a lot of, like, psychological things Correct. that you just, that you don't realize are going on. Right. And right? I, yeah, and I said, said, hey, I'm not blaming you. I am not blaming you, but I'm just telling you, you know, you're asking me a question I'm just telling you, if you look at history, this is why these things exist. Right. So, you know, he you know, he looked like, and it was crazy because I'm telling him this, and he, I can see the look on his face like he's never thought of it like this. And I said, you know what, I've got to get back. But I said, you know, I'll tell you what, let's put it this way. I said, if you're straight and white, you have never went to the Supreme Court to fight for equality. I said, women have. I said, women have fought for voting rights. Blacks have fought for, you know, voting rights, civil rights, gays. I mean, whatever. I said, if you're straight and white, you have never been to the Supreme Court to fight for equality. And he goes, wow, I really never thought of it that way. And I said, you're welcome. Right. And I just said, have a nice day. (laughs) But, I I, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not giving, I'm not so much where I'm giving people a pass. But I'm saying, like, you know, at some point, obviously, everyone, we have our own responsibilities to you know do right and do good and keep pushing forward but you know there there have been things that you know those are things that we need to think about in order to move society forward right you know there's that empathy that compassion to kind of understand you know why things are the way they are you know things don't change overnight right this stuff like whatever we see and all you know stuff stuff doesn't just happen overnight it's been there for you know centuries right yeah I think you made a really good point because like I've always I've always really get pushed back to the whole like why do we do the the African American the Irish American like like why do we do that like we're all just Americans and sure. at the end of the day this is a country of immigrants so it's it's like it's so weird it's it's we're we're such tribal beings that we want to just like label things and and be in groups and it's just 
it, and we're we're quick to forget, which is what really gets me because the people who were originally immigrants are mad about other people immigrating. <laughs> it's just like, what in the hell is going on well, with that thought process? It's that cycle, you know. It's that like the the. The, the son that gets abused ends up abusing their son. You right. Know? It's that nasty. It doesn't always happen that way. But, I mean, there's some connections to that, right? And, you know, humans are awful people. You know, we're we're just not, we're nasty animals. I mean, We're primitive. Yeah, I mean, throughout the history of time, you know, we've, you know, we've killed people over religion. We've killed people because they look different, you know, and, and, and it's just, um, it's just who we are as, right. a, as a society. And, you know, obviously, the more we learn and the more we know about history, it, it kind of helps us understand and try, hopefully helps us become better people. And uh, that's the whole thing, right? The education process, the understanding of why things are. You know, it, it's not just this just didn't happen overnight. Right. And so, I mean, you know, look, I mean, look at what we do to dogs. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we're just awful people. But obviously, there are plenty of good people. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you know, we just have to, if we were doing that to each other, you know, it's like it's not a shock or surprise that we have the capability to continue forward and doing that nasty stuff. Oh, yeah. Continually. 100%. That's you know? that's the thing. Like, in today's, like, world, I, f I feel like there's, there, there's obviously, like, a lot of, like, racial tensions in society today. And a lot of the finger gets pointed at, like, just, like, like, Anglo English like the the European like UK fucking like the British Empire you right, know, like white right. people for lack of a better right, return. like right. you know what I'm saying like that's where sure. all the blame is put but like if you look at society and humans over time we like that there's just we have this ability to to take advantage and do harm to other people but well, you're absolutely right and you know also you know I mean just look at you and me sitting here look at you talking about you know, it was you were a fighter and you, you didn't have much empathy because it was me, me, me. And so you right. did this because you want to hear other people's perspective and, you know, talk to and get to know people and kind of understand people. Right. And so even though we are, we have the ability to be awful people, we also have the ability to be great, wonderful, understanding right. people. And so um, the more we talk like you and I are doing right now, uh, the more we have the ability to become better. Right. And this is an important thing uh, that you do, um, you know, because uh, this is, you know, the podcast these days are really, it's a conversation. Right. right. And we need to have more conversations because I find more and more we have less conversations. Yeah. And we just find people that agree with us, which teaches us nothing. So many of us are living in an echo chamber right. today. It, it teaches us nothing because it's just like, you know, until we can see each other and talk to one another, that's the only way we can understand, well, I never thought of it that way. Oh, Adam, man, I get it. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't go through that, but now I understand why, you know, you would feel that way because I've never been through anything like that, so I couldn't understand, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, without conversation, without, you know, a thoughtful conversation, yeah, no changes happen. No good changes happen. How how did you get to this place of like such like empathy or like or like being like direct with people so that way you can like have those conversations? Age, just age. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think uh, well it's not just age, but I think um, you know growing up in the restaurant business, uh, it's just one of those things where I've dealt with so many different walks of life, 
you know, we're the band of misfits. You know, it's like I don't get Wash U graduates, you know, knocking on my door for yeah. a dishwashing job. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm just like, do you have a pulse? Okay, you can start. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things where it's, it's it's just kind of like, you know, you've you've had to – let's put it this way. I've had some people that have, I've hired, and they were like the absolute worst. Until now, they are the absolute best, and I trust them with everything. Mm. You know, and, and that's because sometimes it takes, excuse me, sometimes it takes, you know, you as an owner sitting down with them and being like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Because maybe no one's ever done that for them. And you say, hey, what's going on? And like, then you find out that, oh my God, their life is completely, holy shit, like yeah. fucked up, you know? Dude, everybody's fighting a battle that you may not know about. And, you know, just talking to my employees and trying to find out like <clears throat> you know why they're feeling this way why they're doing this and learning that holy cow their life is messed up or they got an abusive uncle or alcoholic mom or yeah you know i mean whatever it may be you kind of be like okay i tell you what you know then you can say i tell you what let's you know i'll see what i can do to help but you know when we're here let's just bring this together and you know a lot of times no one's ever talked to them this way mm -hmm. and you know they don't they've never felt like a a, a sense of like a camaraderie or right know, a, like somebody's like family right like someone's actually there for them right they care about them and so like a lot of like i said you know half the times it doesn't work out and it's okay mm -hmm. but half of the times you know just a gesture like that uh changes someone's life so an act right. of kindness and understanding and so you know, I, I've kind of learned that through the years, and it's just one of those things where, you know, I can't sit here with you if uh, if I don't have a team working and doing what I need them to do while I'm out marketing or, you know. Right, like working on the business instead of in the business. Correct. And so it's just one of those things where they need me to do the right things. Um you know, they need me to not be an asshole and ruin the business. <laughs> right. And I need them to not be an asshole and take care of the customers, you know. And so um, – you know, I've just learned through the years that I always try to look at the things that I do have, yeah. the things that I'm fortunate for, and also, you know, try to give that back to my people, you know, and that's why they've been with me for so long. Yeah, I'm a big believer in just like, you know, the energy that you put out there is what's returned into back, back to you. So like just the law of attraction, I'm just really big onto that. So just just putting positivity out there and just, it may not always come back to you in that instance, but in in the grand scheme, I feel like overall, like life is usually a whole lot better whenever you're just caring about people and like actually showing them empathy and, and compassion. And you know, and you're one hundred percent right. But I think also like what happens is the more you do it, the more you can recognize, mm -hmm. you know, who feels the same way. So therefore, your circle becomes a better circle. Yeah, you know what I mean because. Yeah. You know, if you're a dick, then, you know, you're only attracted to other people who are total dicks. And then it just becomes like you're just a bunch of miserable yeah. douchebags. You know? <laughs> a bunch of assholes right. in the pack. A, right. <laughs> but, I mean, like, that's the thing, right? You kind of recognize, you know, who has good intentions and who right. has a good heart because you've dealt with those types of people. And that's how I am with my circle. You yeah. Know? It's like, and you get better at it. Yeah, you you do. You definitely do. And you're a good judge of character. Not all the time. You know, we're humans. We're always going to make mistakes and right. misjudge a bunch of things. You know, you, 
you thought maybe you back parry it and counter, but then you sometimes <laughs> it doesn't work that you way. You slip the wrong way. Right, you slip the wrong way and get popped in the nose. So it's, <laughs> but, you know, it's the idea of kind of, you know, you know what's coming. Right. You know, it's, uh, it helps better prepare you for situations like that. Right, yeah. It's definitely one of those things that you got to work on because, like, I've, I've just found as humans as a whole, um, like, it's so hard for many of us just, like, see past our own struggle. Um, I feel like, a lot of times, especially with the whole, like, everything today, like, somebody will say Black Lives Matter, and then somebody will say All Lives Matter, and then it's always just like, well, <laughs> well, this other person just isn't seen from somebody else's perspective, and I feel like a lot of people will, like, they'll mistake things related with, like, race, for example, with, like, an economic struggle. Sure. It's like, dude, like, yeah, we're both dealing with this economic struggle, but you're not also dealing with this other component, Correct. but you can't see past your struggle to, to recognize this other component. And it's it's just it's just it's a vicious cycle. It, it is a vicious cycle, and that's the thing. It's like you know, instead of you and I know, like you know, sometimes when you get in the ring, you gotta you know, sometimes you gotta step back, fight a little defensive. Yeah. You know, you can't just come out swinging all the time because you know you you got a chance to get knocked out real fast. You right. Know? So you have to. It's a chess game, and so you know, I think in life you're right because does Black Lives Matter? Yes, it does. Do all lives matter? Yes, it does. But right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's black lives that are getting really crushed right now. And so, you know, it, it, it's just that type of argument, it, you know, just because it's not like, like, what's that term? What do they say? It's not like pie, right? Yeah. Equality is not like pie. You know, if somebody eats a piece and there's less for everyone else, it's no, it's not. Right. It's not you know, like it, that. Yeah. It, it's, you know, the, it's not like that. We can, we can all get a piece, you know. Right. But, but the thing is, you know, uh, I, I read, you know, somebody said something where it's, it's not like cancer, right? You have blood cancer, and then everybody goes, well, all cancer matters. No, you have blood cancer. We're going to focus on blood cancer right Right, we've got to fix that problem, right, we're too. We're going to fix that problem first because, you know, before it spreads to everything else. Right. And that's kind of like the idea because, you know, that's the thing. People, um, you know, the media, and, and I think, you know, there's been so many twists and turns about the idea of Black Lives Matter, you know, and, and I think that that's where people get defensive, and you shouldn't. Because, you know, it's your fellow citizen, yeah. it's your neighbor, it's your cousin. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, uh, yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with saying black lives matter. There should be nothing wrong. You know, if, if you get defensive hearing black lives matter, there's something wrong with you. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. I, things get so fucking messy really fast. And I don't know why, because... When a lot of people say that, it's they're literally just it's like on face value, like they're just saying. Right. The the but then you get this, then you start like creating organizations and funding, and people start throwing conspiracy theories to it, and then and then like all of a sudden, there's this this statement, and then there's this organization, and then there's maybe two or three organizations, and then nobody knows what is what, and it's like people are saying this simple statement and then this other side starts counter arguing for this other thing. That's not anything to do with this thing. It's just like, what in the hell are we talking about? Like we need to like figure out like, what is, what is the common ground? Like, like we need to agree on some terms and then like move forward. It gets so fucking crazy. And you know, the thing is you can do both. Like you can support black lives matter and you can also support the police. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't know why that it has to be one or the other, because I have a lot of friends in law enforcement, you know, and they know where I stand. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I support the police. 
I also support Black Lives Matter. 100%. But the thing is, it's like, I also support what's right. So it's also, you know, just because I say Black Lives Matter doesn't mean I'm anti-police. Right. Or just because I support the police doesn't mean I'm anti-something else. Right. You know, you can do both. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Because <laughs> I mean, we need everyone. We're all community. Mm -hmm. You know, you need the police. But, you know, you also need to weed out bad police. Just like you need, just because, you know, like I'm Vietnamese. There's tons of bad Vietnamese people. You know what I mean? I'm not going to support them because they're Vietnamese. Right. You know what I mean? You can't just blindly support. Right. You can't buy, you know, like if my uncle's a rapist, I'm not going to be like, oh, but he's my uncle. You yeah. Know? No, send that douchebag to jail. You the know problem I mean? is some people would. That's right. the well, fucking I'm, problem. Well, that's, you're 100% <laughs> right. And so, uh, you know, uh, that's the thing. You know, it's not one or the other. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. Right. You know, and uh, uh, that it's that that's what I think people... I hope people realize you can do both. Right. You know, there's, it doesn't, you know, of course there's some really me messed up situations with the police and the public. Uh, and in some cases the police were right. In some cases the police were wrong, Right. you know? And so we have to point out what's wrong and what's right, you know, and we mm -hmm. have to separate the two and, you know, and, and I get what people are saying, you know, and I get the political side and I get all that. Um, and so hopefully, you know, we can fix all that and move forward. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I, mean. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just people. I really, I truly try to just like get, at least I'm working to get to this place to where like I just look at like other people as myself just living a different experience because, I mean, if, if, if it's, if it's always just like me or them, if it's always just like this separation, then you're never really going to come to any common ground, I feel like. So... It's a, it's a weird place we're living in, dude. Well, that's why fighting, you know, if you look at sport like sports, right, it's important, right? Because after a fight, we could talk all the trash we want, we could do all, but after a fight, we what do we do? We shake hands and hug cuz it was like, man, that was a one tough fight. Yeah. You know, it's like regardless of all the trash talk or whatever we did, yeah. after the fight, it's a complete mutual respect cuz it's like we put it all out there whether yeah. you whoop me or I whoop you or it was a close fight. I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, wow. We need more fighting, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm old school <laughs> like you too. I'm just like, put the guns down. Let's uh, let's you know, just let's just swing it out, and then you know we can. Because I remember, I mean, but growing up in high school, you know, growing up in school, there's been plenty of times where I'm like, you know, we get into a fight, and I'm like, man, you messed me up, dude. Yeah. And then we all became friends afterwards. Or dude, I got beat up by a guy in eighth grade. We were like best friends in high school. Yeah, I like, mean, it's just like it. You know, and that's the thing. I think. Uh, you know, like Mike Tyson said, everyone has an opinion until you get popped in the mouth. Oh, yeah. You know <laughs> so, I, you know, that's the, I mean, I'm with you. Like, put the guns down. Yeah. Let's step in the ring. Yeah. You know, let's have, put some gloves on. Let's have a sanctioned fight, and then we can walk away from it afterwards. You right. Know, that, I think that might change some opinions real fast. Yeah, man. Yeah, just walk away. Society's just gotten so soft, I think. Like, there, there was a time to where, like, humans really had to fight for like every little thing that you had and then like we just have it at least here in america we have it so well like even some of the worst situations are better than some of the best situations in other places around the world yeah i mean there's you know it's you're 100 percent right and i think you know i think a lot of us it's 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 like both things right some of us have gotten way soft and some of us have gotten way too crazy yeah and then it, it just <laughs> creates a bigger divide you know what I yeah. mean? yeah and then it's just kind of like you know all of us in the middle trying to find the right balance of trying to find the right conversations trying to find the right amount of compassion and then also trying to find the right amount of discipline you know what i mean right and so it's just one of those things where it's like uh 
it's just it's just crazy, man. It's just yeah. like just trying to find the right balance to everything. You know, life is already a struggle every day. You're trying to find the right balance for yourself. Yeah. But then you're dealing with like people all the time, like you a know, lot of us. crazy stuff. And uh, you know, it's just it's it's forever finding that balance yeah it's never gonna stop no never (laughs) how did you get into martial arts like what what like what took you from the kitchen to like martial arts because you like grew up literally like in the kitchen right right and i I was a rowdy kid so you know i had like all this energy and i was like talkative and all this stuff and you know your parents didn't know how to deal with it so i remember we found my dad he found like this old taekwondo master right i think this guy was here illegally Mm. Like, I don't even think, because he ended up training me for, like, 10 years. Then, like, he left town. Like, he had this, you know, he had this Taekwondo school. It was like, but back then it was, like, international Taekwondo. Mm. You know, it was like, you know, they had that whole political thing. I don't even know what it was, but it was, like, international Taekwondo versus world sport Taekwondo. And it was, like, <laughs> a whole mafia thing. I don't know. But, but my dad found this guy who had, like, no front teeth. And he lived in the temple for, like, you know, 25, 30 years of his life. He was here. And, like, it was crazy because he used to beat the mess out of us. <laughs> and it was, like, real martial arts. Yeah. We, we used to, like, compete with other martial arts schools. Like, he would have other schools. Like, we would spar. Really? Dude, it was yeah. awesome. So, like, back then. And, you know, and people, like, I started at Taekwondo. Like, you know, that was I started there like most people do. But back then, like, we did so much. Like, we did boxing. We did everything because people forget, like, the, the symbol of Taekwondo is actually the fist. Yeah, people, people look at Taekwondo it's like, oh, it's all these kicks and stuff. But, but back then, but I it got, I don't know, like the sport federation. I don't know how all that political stuff got lost. But yeah, all I know is he trained us, and we got our ass beat for twelve years. Like he would whip us with canes and shit. For real, like that's, oh just my old school well, my dad martial lo- arts. Well, my dad sensei. loved it because he was like, oh yeah, you, my son needs <laughs> discipline. This guy has no teeth. Like, he had no front teeth, man. Like it was just crazy. Like. You could tell, like, he had no front teeth. He was one of those guys, like, beating nails in with two by fours. It was, like, crazy, like, old school. He's just a hard dude. Dude, his arms and legs were, like, you know, steel. Like, it was just, like, crazy, man. So it was, so we trained for a really long time. Then after 12 years, he just left. He was like, I got to go. Just disappeared. He just disappeared. Like, you know, the martial arts school, like, left all the bag, left everything. Wow. So I don't, I don't, like, I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? I heard then that back in the day, what happened were the North Koreans were kidnapping like martial arts masters and making them train the army. Hmm. Especially if you lived in the temple, you know, it was kind of like, who's going to protect you, right? Right. So I think that, you know, I think he probably escaped and he was illegally. But then after he left, a lot of the guys were like, what are we gonna do? You know, yeah. Like where are we going? So then it kind of like, like we just now? went on to boxing and went on to kickboxing and mm-hmm. went on to yeah. learn other stuff. We always kept the taekwondo and we always knew like how to train stuff. Like then, but then like you know, then you were like, it became you in the '90s when UFC started. We ended up being, we ended up starting ourselves of mixed martial arts. Right. You know, mixing it up with boxers and kickboxers. Right. Um, I never really mix it up with you know grapplers. Never really mix it up with wrestlers. You know. Um, and so it was just kind of like I was always a striker, mm-hmm. you know. It's kind of what I always did. I mean, then, it, I mean, eventually in the end, you kind of learn sprawling and you learn like you know some takedown right. defense and this and that. But you know, being that, uh, being with my health condition, I stopped fighting, you know, yeah. a while ago. But 
you know, I never got a chance to really dig into that yeah. even more. But. Well, in those early days, grappling was just, it, it was so, like, rudimentary. There wasn't a ton of, like, options out there to go learn it. So, I mean, it just makes sense to kind of focus on the striking aspect of it, especially here in St. Louis. It's such a boxing town and kickboxing. There's a, there was a really good kickboxing scene, like, back in the day. There is, There was. And, I mean, like, St. Louis, it was crazy. Like, I remember... Like, I remember fighting on hardwood floors, like, <laughs> full contact <laughs> tournaments, like hardwood floor. Only thing you had on, like, you didn't even have headgear on back in the day. Oh, shit. Like, it was some serious, like, fighting, you know, in, like, a, a square like this. Yeah. Where your rug is, and then just, like, full-fledged, like, you know, hardcore. Just, just human cock Just shin guards and, you know, your, uh, you know, hand guards, shin guards. Yeah. And you had a chest guard, and then, like, no headgear. Like, it was just, I was like, damn. Dang. This is serious, man. Yeah. But, I mean. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I grew up as a martial artist. Yeah, I don't really do much anymore. You know, I just kind of, I still train. You know, I've been boxing since February of last year, since COVID. Oh, really? Last time I boxed was February of last year, where you know we would, you know, I would train, I would box, you know, once a week. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes twice a week because you know, like with my leg condition, it's kind of hard to kind of kick and stuff like that. I still move around a little bit, but uh, it's just now I just do it just to try to. Shed some fat. Yeah. It ain't active. working right now. <laughs> <laughs> what what leg condition do you have? What's so, you know, the polio. So when I contracted polio, I didn't even realize. But uh, when you, between the ages of like 18 to 40, hmm. there's something that's called post-polio syndrome. And so what happens is it attacks your nervous system. Oh, wow. So some people, they have complete shrinkage of their limbs or they have muscle atrophy. So I have complete right leg. Like I have right leg right calf muscle atrophy oh really yeah so it's just like it's crazy so i can't lift off of my right foot oh wow so like like you're, it drags yeah it's like not like so like they're, when not, I, they're not firing like your muscles right, aren't contracting correct and, oh, so wow. like well, i remember like sometimes with boxing i'm like i'm like why is my pivot so slow or what, what's going on like it just i just my leg just drags and so it's so i you know i've had to compensate like if i need to pivot or a certain move or somewhere then i bump step mm. you know so, or, you know, I have to do more hopping. Yeah, you find order. a way to yeah, make so up you, for it. But the crazy thing was I was like, man, but I always, I sprained my ankle so much growing up that I always thought, like, I was like, I was like, why do I keep spraining my right ankle? I have no idea why. And then, you know, my right calf starts to deteriorate. And, you know, you never look at, you never see the back of your legs. Yeah, you don't ever You don't ever that. notice it. And so a year and years go by. Then the doctors are like, you know, like a chiropractor or something. Like, hey, your left calf is swollen. You're like, doesn't feel swollen, you know, because your left, your right calf. Is oh, so they're they're judging them and they're saying one swollen as opposed right. to the as other one atrophy. Right. Wow. And so it's crazy, and so it's just kind of like, uh, so it's you know, like I, I think it stopped now because they think there's no more muscle left for it to, <laughs> you know, so like eat through, eat through. But uh, it's kind of like well, I don't know, you know, like I may still walk normal mm -hmm. as I get older, or I may have to walk with a cane. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know, but uh, as of right now, I. Uh, you, you know, I, I can't run, mm -hmm. so I can't run long distances, um, because I can't push off, so right. it hurts my ankle. Yeah. But, you know, I can still do plyo. What I've been doing, funny, my wife actually, she did the greatest thing. She ordered, uh, uh, uh Insanity Max 30. So okay. we've been working that out at home, and it's kind of helped because it's kind of strengthened my foot, because a lot of it is just like jumping jacks and like, right. you know, just kind of like. All kind of like just like quick jump move, quick hop moves. Yep, and real low. Real low. Yeah, so it's not, it's just, you know, but it's nothing like heavy, nothing like true plyo and stuff right. like that. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's 30 minutes. So that's helped like 
uh, strengthen my right foot a mm, lot. Yeah. You know, to help with, because obviously I can't, you know. Right, yeah, you can, you can only do so much. Do you ever, like, work out in the pool? You know what? I People tell me that all the time, but I just I just don't have time to, like, you yeah. know. Because usually it's like if I come home from work or something, then I'll go downstairs, you know, get on the elliptical or then, like, you know, flip on the P90X or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or like you know now now that everyone's vaccinated, you know I may feel good. So next week I was talking to my buddy Jake. I'm like, hey, you want to box again? He goes, let's go. Get back into Let's it. Get back into it. So I mean that's kind of like you know it's kind of like everything is like kind of restaurant people. We call it uh, on the fly, right? Because mm. you know we everything I do is on the fly. It's hard to schedule me for something. Yeah. Because everything changes all the time. Like it's just like oh God, such and such didn't show or you know, yeah. Oh, no, I, to, I totally get we it. We just picked up this. You know, catering job for you know tomorrow. It's like, all right, I'll be there. You know, yep. it's just kind of like you just gotta be ready for the opportunity yeah, always, right? So it's just kind of like it's hard. So usually, like at night or something, it's like the time where I get to come kinda, home and work out. Okay, so like the evening times is your time for that. What's a day look like for you, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's, it's great that it's it's great. That it actually worked out here because I got a new puppy. Okay. So I sent my new puppy to Happy Tales. Oh, just right, right up the road the here. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that when I punched in the ad, I was like, oh, it's right around the corner. Perfect. So I was like, perfect. So I dropped so I dropped my dog off. So I'm with you today. And then, like, right now, after we leave today, like, my phone's rang, like, four or five times I already. Bet. So, I bet. So when we leave today, I'll, when I get out of here, I'm going to look at my phone. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> okay, which, where do we need to be or who showed up? Or, you know, can you write this check for this? Per-? You know what I mean? So it's right. like. So it's kind of like my days are, um, you know, it just it pretty, just kind of depends. Yeah, pretty in, like unpredict, unpredict, unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. Unpredictable. Well, the crazy thing now is it's kind of uh, I've learned instead of like micromanaging and being like uh, inside the restaurant, I've learned to play CEO now with three restaurants because it's like, oh my god, okay, when we got to film what? Okay, I do that. Yeah. Then we got to, you know, do this or this person called for you or the CPAs are like, hey, can you redirect this? Yeah. You know, it's tax season right now, so they're like, "Hey, can yeah. you move this over? We need to do this." Blah blah blah. So it's just, it's uh, it's nonstop. Like I'm literally living on my phone in the car. <laughs> yeah, I bet, dude. It it has to take a lot of trust. Oh, it does, and you know that's the thing. It takes time, and you know I've got a great team. Um, you know, uh, I'm very fortunate for that, and that's why it's you know this is a reciprocating of love. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a reciprocating of hey, you know. If I got something, you know, tell me what you need or, you know, you try to help your staff and you try to like, you know, bump pay as much as you can without really hurting yourself. You know? Yeah. I mean, you just, you just made it through oh, one of the most, un, it's unprecedented, right? Like it's, there's never been a time like last year, you know, especially the, for the restaurant industry. Yeah. And for, for everyone too. And I think, you know, you, I don't think it, people realize how much it affects you mentally, you know, until, yeah. Uh, Cause your guard's always up, you know, like I think for guys like you and me or for a lot of restaurant people, if something happens, we just know how to go. Yeah. We don't really think about anything else. Like, you know, in a fight, you know, you could have a sprained shoulder, you could have a broken hand, but until that round's over, you just keep going. Right. You can't think about that. You can't think about that. You just keep going. And then when the fight's over, then you're all, and I think, you know, we've been through that five round fight, you know, right now. And, you know, we're starting to realize how messed up we got. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I think uh, one of the things is um, the restaurant community has been great because we've been we haven't done it in the past. But this past year, it's been a lot of texts and calls checking up on one another. Oh, that's hey, cool. you all right. You need to you know, you want to go have a cigar or you need to 
Yeah. You know, and I found my, like I'm a cigar so like I don't do anything else. Like, I don't smoke weed, I don't drink. And so like I'm a cigar smoker and I can, you know, my wife this past year, I could hear her talking to her girlfriend, she's like, "Oh, I know he's stressed cuz he's smoking like two or three a day." <laughs> you know, and she's like, "Well, she's like I'd rather him do that than be drinking a whole bottle a oh, day." Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so but I mean, it's just kind of like you don't realize um the amount of damage you've taken until now. Yeah. You know, now that it's starting to, you know. Uh, you kind of like, almost like slow down, kind of come up for air. You're starting to heal. Yeah. Right now you kind of realize like, damn, there's a lot to heal because I messed up my ankle. I messed up my shoulder. Right. Black eye. Dude, you just know, body beat yeah. up. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, that's how you are mentally. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, and, uh, and it's, yeah, it's been hard for everybody. And I mean, it was tough because without the, I tell you right now, without the government's help. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we would have made it, you know, I don't know how we would have made it through. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. And the thing is, that's why, you know, I always want to pay it forward because I'm fortunate enough to build these relationships where it allowed me to be able to be on the forefront to get this money first or, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of people out there without these types of resources. Right. And so that's why when all this stuff was going on, whether it was like the PPP money and all this stuff, I was, I put it out on social media or whatever. I was like, guys, if you need help, reach out to me. I can have my people at least talk to you. Or, right. You know, kind of guide you in the right direction. Because there's so many resources for people that they just, they aren't aware of where it's like, whether it's a grant or like getting the PPP sure. or whatever the case may be. Like there's usually some sort of resource that it's just like hidden. Like unless you're like an expert or like, you know who to talk to, it's not easy to find. Well, it's just like, uh, you know, Here's it like I'm in the food business, so when a restaurant opens, I know about it because it's my job to know about it. Yeah, but there's so many people, their lives are busy. You know, like they don't know when a new restaurant opens up. No, I mean it's not in the back of it. They're trying to figure out like, oh, we got to work to this. I got to take, I got to take Sammy to soccer practice, right? You know, or whatever it is. And so, so somehow, you know, you have to try to. Uh, somehow find a way to let people know, oh, this new restaurant has opened. So, you know what I'm saying? So, right. it's just kind of like, uh, that. that's kind of like why I'm out there, like, hey, guys, reach out to me, this and that. And then some people, like, there's a new relief out right now, a new restaurant relief out. I talked to some of my friends. They had no idea it was even out. They're like, really? Yeah. That They're like, and I was like, yeah, let me, I'll have somebody call you. I was like, <laughs> All right, or here's my friend's number, call them. They can help answer some questions. You know? Dang, how do you stay tapped into that? You got people just bring it to you? Yeah, or? I've been pretty fortunate. Like I said, um, you know, we actually work with the local bank this time around, um, St. Louis Bank. Um, so, and then I have a buddy of mine, Tom, who runs St. Louis Capital, who's really helped. Because when this, when this hit, I was lost. I called Tom because I trusted him, and I was like, hey, buddy, I know you understand all this stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. You used to own your own bank. You know, we need to talk. And so he was like, I'll get on it. And it just, it went from there, him helping me to helping like 10 plus other restaurants. Yeah. And that was, you know, like from there, like, I mean, they literally, when I say they saved my life, they literally saved my life. That's awesome, dude. To have people like that, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no better resource than being able to just like call or text somebody and just ask them the question. Like you can Google it or you can research you want, but if you can just ask the question to somebody who has the knowledge it cuts out all that time. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, trust me. I, cause I look back for to last year and I'm just like, wow. I was like, I can't believe we made it through. Yeah. The one thing I learned about myself this past year, 
was uh, I'm like a cockroach, man. I'm kind of hard to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Not going anywhere, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> like, oh, raid? Nothing. No, you know. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I mean, that's how you have to be, though, right? I mean, it doesn't matter, like, what comes your way. You got to figure it out, right? I mean, Well, that's the what crazy thing a... was I'm like, I don't want to go through that again. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things where uh, it prepares you for a lot of different things. You look at things a lot differently, you know, and it was just one of those things where – like the Delmar location, we opened Noodle right before COVID. So we had a 75% hit from one quarter to the next. Wow. And, you know, restaurants operate a month behind anyway. You know what I mean? Because when I pay when I pay December rent and bills, that's from November. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's so, from, okay, so that's from all the money from November. Correct. Paying for, okay. Right, so restaurants run a month behind already. Yeah, So okay. when you get a 75 you can't pay. I mean... I emptied out, like, I went from, like, you know, emptying out investments to everything we had to keep the staff on. I mean, that's, and that's the thing, like, you know, people don't realize, like, I did everything I can to keep my staff afloat. Hmm. You know, I put money in to make payroll. I did this. I did everything I could. You know, I could have been one of those guys. No, we're closing. Right, you could have just worried about you yeah, as opposed and, to your staff. Well, you know, that that was part of why I think, like, I had a few, you know, panic attacks, too, because I was like, God, I've got, you know, 50 employees and that they're all on my, you know, that weight of them being on my shoulders and they've got families. They have livelihoods. Right, and, and then, like, my mom and dad is like, dude, if I fuck this thing up, I'm going to ruin everyone's life. You know what I mean? And, it, I mean, not, and then my wife, <laughs> my, you know, so I'm just like, Oh God! You know, yeah, if dude. I screw this up, we're all fucked. Dang, you had a lot of pressure so, this past year. Yeah, and so I was. And that's the thing. I think you don't realize, like, you know, how worn out mentally, or you know, until right. after the fight. Yeah. So now that the down. fight's kind of pretty much over, uh, you know, now it's just a healing process. Right? right. Right. And so you know, you look back and you're like, "Fuck, I've got a lot of injuries." <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I mean, after this past year, man. The amount of people who didn't make it, so the ones who did, they definitely didn't come through it, like, unbattered. Right, and that's the thing, too, because, you, you know, that's the thing, like, as, as bad as things were, and, as, you know, I'm grateful to make it through, because there's plenty of people that didn't make it through. Right. And I'm just like, wow, you know, I was like, I look at it, I'm like, man, I, I was almost one of those people. Right. You know, and that's a yeah. scary thought, and so you're much more appreciative, and. You know, and you're more willing to lend a hand because you know, like, you see. Right. Yeah. You know, As a guy who likes to eat, it's always very disappointing. <laughs> right. No, sure. <laughs> when you're like, oh, fuck, man. Like, you wish you could have done more. It's like, man, maybe I should have ordered. But it's like, well, that one ordered. If I guess if enough people do the one fucking order, maybe it could have. It does. It does. You it, know? It really does. And that's the thing. Like, I know there's been times where I was like, I would drive somewhere. I'm like, oh, fuck, that place closed. That Dude. sucks. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, that totally sucks. And that's the thing, like, you know, I don't eat at Chains. No, me um, neither. You know, it's just one of those things where uh, I'm not, I'm not going to knock them. You know, I mean, they're always going to have their kind, but I always try to find the local independent person. Ditto. No matter what it is. You know, I don't care if it's a burger. I don't care if it's a hot dog. You know, people are like, you go to Quick Trip and get a hot dog. No, I'm going to go to Steve. You know, I'm going to go somewhere. Steve's, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go to local yeah. spot. I'm going to go local spot, give me a hot dog. Well, Quick Trip's right down the street. I don't care. You know, I'm, it's not I'm, the same. 
Right. I want to go because Quick Trip is always going to be there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he may not. Well, and also it's it's more than just like the commodity of like a hot dog. It's right. like it's the experience. It's the atmosphere. It's, it's the people. It's sure. There's just so much to it. Like one of my favorite things is any – well, here especially, but anytime my fiance and I, we travel, we're always just trying to find the local spots. I don't want to just go to a spot that everybody knows about right. you know what i mean like i'm trying to find the good places and like what's unique to this area yeah, like you know like you go to you get a steak why go to, you go to roof chris anywhere in the country exactly there's, there's you know two of them in st louis right it's like why do if i want to visit a city i want to see i want to find out who's the local steakhouse that's been here for 30 years or, right you know, you know whose family you mean that that's where you want to go because that's unique to that city right you know it's like nothing wrong you know not not to knock roof chris but I mean, there's nothing, you know, if I'm going to Ohio, if I'm going somewhere else, it's like, what ties, what's the local thing that right. is unique about this city? Exactly. You know, Ruth Chris is in all 50 cities, you know, why, why, you know, and I, I'm just picking on them. I'm not knocking them. I'm just, I know what you're you know. saying, but yeah, it's true though. Like, yeah, you, they get, they have good food, but it's like, do you not want to, it's more, it's more than about just the food, right? Like there's an experience. Yeah, it, it's the culture, it. man. Like exactly. I always, you know, food is. You know, the, like I said, we're a melting pot. Our country is a melting pot of cultures, man. And so, like, for me, like, when I'm out, I'm always like, oh, wow. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'll be like, oh, wow, this Greek restaurants, you know, they've been here for 40 years. Right. You know, I want to go there, mm -hmm. you know, because they're, I mean, that history, you know, or this Italian restaurant. Right. Or this, you know, Jamaican restaurant, you know. Yeah. They immigrated here and they came from this or this, you know, whatever it may right. be. Right. And there wasn't, like, this old building that they've right. been in there forever. And right. It's just, like, it's just all like, this history. Right. And that's the thing because I want to know about, because, you know, I, that tells you they've, you know, they've paid taxes in that city they're part of that community they're part of they're a part of the development of that community or that neighborhood yeah and that's what people don't realize you know like you can you know you can pay a chain that you know whatever but these local restaurants have been part of that community and feeding that community and you know helping that community for you know 10 15 right. 20 30 100 years truly invested right and it's just like uh you know like look at crown candy in st louis they've been here for over 100 years mm-hmm you know, and they're the only restaurant like standing on that corner in Northside. You right. Know what I mean, and it's just like, you know, they're paying huge. They're paying a lot of taxes to the city. They're, I mean, you know, yep. they're sending people there to a place that most, more likely, sometimes people wouldn't even want to go down there if it wasn't for them. Right. Yeah. They. Yeah. They're probably you know? the reason why people right. actually go in that neighborhood. Right. And so it's just kind of like I. I I know that for a fact because for me, I'm the same way. Like, what else am I going to do here? Yeah, I used to live in that neighborhood. Oh, did you really? <laughs> it was like right after – well, it was like I just got, like, separated from my ex-wife. Gotcha. And my friend, like, owned a uh, like a two-story flat down there. So, like, he let me live there for hella cheap. Oh, awesome. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know – oh, man, if I lived there, I've been eating – Dude, it was right up the shakes. road, dude. Oh, oh God, be, the place is so awesome. Yeah, hundred pounds. Yeah, I got their BLT. They give you like this whole like it's pound, whole pound of, of bacon. bacon. It's like I'm like, who needs this much bacon? But I'll take it. <laughs> right. It's like oh, I'll make eggs tomorrow. Yeah, it's so good. But, but I mean, that's the thing. So I mean, you know, that's when I visit the city. I'm like you. Yeah. I want to know, like, oh my God, such and such. Like, you know, this soul food restaurant's been here for the history. Like. You know, they, and that's the thing, like when I go out, you know, I'll talk or I'll talk to the people and, and that's the, ex that you're like, you said, it's the whole experience because it's the history that you, you know, to, to, to think of what they've been through or what they've seen is right. fascinating. You're right. You know, right. Whether, I mean, whether the, you know, you go somewhere in Detroit and you're like, man, they were here through the riots. They were, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like you, you talk to these restaurant employees and the hit, just the history of 
how they're still standing throughout all the turmoil, throughout all the whatever. Right. And it's just like you learn so much about, you know, a people and a culture through food, you know. Right. Yeah, like how many establishments do we have today where it's just like, it's like that's Mr. Such and Such. Like he owns the the whatever and like like he basically raised like a whole community. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you're there for all these generations of people and you're still there. You know what I mean? It's just like the fondest of memories of this place. It's crazy, man, because like that's why it's kind of like that's why I want to find those places because like for Miley's, I've had generations of, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I've had. Miley started in 1985, right? right? So So 36 years? uh, Yeah. 36 years. I've had people that have grown up and then now their kids are grown up. Right. And then now their kids are having kids. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's crazy. And it, it, it just, you know, it, it's a place that people, they feel, it, it's a part of their lives. Right. And it's just kind of like, you know, I'm seeing a 12-year-old girl having her birthday party. She could have had it anywhere she wants, but she wants to eat tofu. She wants this <laughs> tofu dish that we make, and it's her 12th Because it's the bomb. But I mean, I'm just like, that, that. That's so meaningful, right? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like it, not only it's like and and so when people come in too and they say, "Queen, my grandfather loved it here." You know, he passed away, but he would have loved to been in this new spot. I mean, you know, that's such a such an impactful and meaningful thing, you know, for myself. But to them to say like, "Man, my grandfather would have," I wish he was alive to see you guys move into this new place. He loved you guys. You know yeah. what I mean? And so just I mean, just stuff like that. I mean, it it weighs on you, and you're just like, wow. Yeah, it's like the impact is greater than right. just serving food. Right, and like, so yeah, for sure. I mean, us personally, like, dude, we we probably go to Noodle House once a week, bro. I get the curry up ramen, dude. Oh, that is my shit. I appreciate it. It's <laughs> just so much flavor. The amount of flavor that you guys put in your food is just it's unbelievable. Just just layer on layer on layer. Dude, it's just I, so good. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. We you know we worked hard on it. And, you know, it's crazy because we open like this fun ramen shop, but you know, we're jungle agents. So me and my partner, you know, Marianne, <laughs> she's Filipino, I'm Vietnamese, so we're jungle agents. So we we're like, All right, we gotta put a little southeastern twist to it. Yeah. You know? And that's what we did, like that curry ramen. It's not traditional Japanese curry. Right. It's got coconut milk, lemongrass, you know what I mean? So then we kinda mushroom coat it and then right. to give it that extra pop and it's just kind of I mean, we just kinda played with flavors and um, just making sure that we add a little Southeast Asian twist to what we do, because that's who we are, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean that's the, that's a cool thing with food, and that's a cool thing with sports, like for fighting. I mean MMA right now is it's it's so much far advanced. Like you know when I was growing up, it's like you either did Taekwondo or you box or you did Kenpo. You know you did like one trick pony. Right. Now you got these five six year old kids, and you're looking at them like, holy cow, dude. He just did a spin kick and then landed <laughs> and then put this fucker in a darts choke. You know, it's these like guys what are the next hell? Level. It's crazy. Like I'm watching some of this. I'm like, ah, there's man. no way I can compete now. You know. Oh man, it's insane, man. I watch, just I, I I stopped fighting four years ago, and since then it's just been strictly like jujitsu. Right. I still coach striking and whatnot, but like it's mostly jujitsu for me. And like I watch some of these kids. And and see the techniques and just see and just see the things that they're doing. I'm just like, holy cow! They're just light years beyond anybody. It's ten evolved. years ago. It's yeah. the evolution. You know, it's like anything. It's just like food now. It doesn't matter like what cuisine you walk in the kitchen right now. You walk in some chef's kitchen. You get everything from fish sauce to harissa 
to, you know what I mean? They get, I mean, it doesn't even right. matter. Like they, you know, you can walk into some chef's kitchen and you can be like, you can cook Mexican food, you can cook Italian food, you can cook Asian food, you can cook African food. I mean, it doesn't even matter. Right. You know, because they've got ingredients where you can be like, okay, all right. So yeah. like, same thing with martial arts. Like, it's just like, it's crazy. And it's so fun to watch because, I mean, it's so different now from when I was growing up. Like, like you said, I look at some of these kids and I'm just like, uh, I can't believe that just happened. Like, dude. what the heck? <laughs> How did they land that? You know, yeah. it's like, whoa. Yeah, dude. And it's just, uh, you know, it's it's like watching Michael Jordan, you know, landing, yeah. doing stuff, and then watching LeBron. It's just like they just constantly, just continuously get better and better in dude, evolution. And it's humans just, are just unbelievable. Dude. It is, and that's the good thing. Even though we suck a lot of times, but we're also awesome, too. And so, yeah, you know, it's this whole spectrum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, dude, it's it's really wild, man. It's it's really wild. Um, is there like so? Is there is there like a thing that you like whenever you're, you're like traveling or you're looking for something to eat? Is there like a thing that you like to go to? So like for example, when we travel, we always look for like one of the best donut places in the city. Like that's just our thing. Like a donut place. Like is there a thing for you that you're like, man, like that's just my jam. I gotta try it wherever I go. <coughs> well, really, it's a thing for my wife. So she finds like the bakeries. Right? Okay. So, like, you know, we just got back from D.C. not too long ago. I think we hit, like, six bakeries <laughs> in, like, you know, two and a half days. Oh, you're you know? never getting in shape. Yeah, <laughs> nah, trust me, dude. You're in the food business, you never get in shape. But, you know, for me, it's become, like, it used to be, like, I think in the beginning, like, when I was, back then, it was always, like, okay, well, we got to eat at least one Michelin star restaurant mm. if they have it. You know, I want to see what, like, this high-level food that these chefs are doing. But now it's become, I, don't get me wrong, like if, if, if a time, like if there's something that I'm just like, you know, we got to try that, then I'll do it. But right now for the most thing, it's just, I, I'm such, I want to find like, uh, you know, the oldest Chinese restaurant, mm. or like I said, the oldest Italian restaurant, the oldest Greek restaurant. Like I, I, because of the way, like, because of the way, like I grew up with my family, the history with my family, right? And then us being able to, like, Last year we got nominated for best overall restaurant. Oh right, wow, for the James Beard. That's awesome. And the crazy thing was, people, you know, people. Sh I was ecstatic, right? But it became more than just an award, like a nomination for me, right, or my family. It was, you know, what man, I need to lend my voice uh, or my platform, you know, or my social media to find places because you know what we do. I don't look at what we do as something special, you know. Uh, there's, there's been. I've just been fortunate enough to somehow create these wonderful relationships that allowed me to get on a platform to get nominated. Mm. You know, uh, most people, a lot of people in the country have been doing this longer than just as long or longer than we have and have never been able to get on that type of platform, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, like, now when I go to a city, I want to find out who has been doing what for X amount of time. Oh, you know, okay. like, I'll always go see the bright, new, shiny object. Yeah. But I want to find out who the heck, and that's been, like, my new thing. Okay. Not, not really a new thing. I've been doing it. I'll, I've been doing it for so long, but now I'm doing it even more. Right. That makes sense. You it's know, like, who's been here for a long time, but maybe doesn't have a lot right. of, like, social media. Or... Right. And so now, then I'll be like, you know, I'm out, and then I'll be like, hey, guys, I just 
flipped into this place, you know. Yeah. This this Italian woman, she's been here, this place been here for 50 years. <laughs> she's been know? in the kitchen cooking this right. whole time. <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, and so, like, that's the thing, you know, like this Korean restaurant or, you know, oh, man, this Ethiopian food, this Ethiopian restaurant's been here killing the game. Yeah. You know? So, so that, that's kind of like what I've been, like, you know, I've, been, I've already been, I've always done that. But now I'm doing it even more. Okay. Like, I'm making more of an effort to do it, you yeah. know, more than I already yeah, have. Yeah, you need a travel channel show. <laughs> Bro, let's get you on the travel channel Bro, <laughs> doing that. Well, that's kind of, you know, that, so that's the thing. Like, that that's my thing. Like, I want to, like, that's the story I want to tell. Yeah. You know, and that, that's kind of like, the, that's because it's so, it's not only is it about the food, but it's the, it's not only is it the history of the city, but it's the history of the country. Yeah, you know, as the land of immigrants, that's the thing, right? Because the only thing different now that I, you know people forget that we are the land of immigrants. The only thing that's different now is the immigrants are no longer of European descent, right? You know, the immigrants are of African descent, Latin descent, Asian descent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I th- that's I think that's what kind of people are having an issue with. And you know, if the more and more we portray and and, and acknowledge the fact that these people have been here longer, just as long, if not longer than most of you. Right. You know, doing this out. They're as American as apple pie. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just kind of like, uh, that's part of the American story as well. And so that's kind of like why, you know, I'm seeking that out more and more now. Right. You know, dude, that's a that's a worthy pursuit. Like, yeah, so. to try to find just like, what are like the, the cornerstone establishments right, in, within right. these cities, dude? What's What's one of the oldest ones here in St. Louis? Well, we talked about Crown Candy, right? Right. So they've been here forever, and then you know you're talking about. I mean, just Isn't the, like a really old steakhouse downtown. So, well, I don't. That's gone. Is it gone? It's gone now. Oh, shit. So that's gone. Um. So they were around for forever. Um. God, there's. Well, you know, it's crazy because I'm good friends with my buddy Mike Del Pietro, but he's the oldest. His family was the oldest Italian restaurant family here. Really? And they had Racino's. Grandma had Racino's, and they had Del Pietro's. And so he reopened Del Pietro's. So, I mean, just like stuff like that. And even like, you know, you find that, like, even like Pappy's, right? Yeah. People Pappy's think, is like, great. you know, people like, people look at it, and, you know, I'm good friends with Mike. And, you know, he's retired now. Okay. But the crazy thing is, Pappy's has only been there for 13 years. But people don't realize the history of what happened before Pappy's became a huge success. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows right. that story. Right. So <laughs> it's just kind of like just his background, and he started as, you know, a pizza guy. And I mean, just like the hustle, like even for mm. Soul Taco, like Soul Taco is coming on 10 years, right? But the struggle of that, like you started out as a Chinese delivery boy, Chinese food delivery boy, then he started, then, then went to pizza delivery, then was a dishwasher, then had a food truck, and then now it's got seven restaurants. I oh, mean, like, wow. that's kind of like, you know, yeah. I look at stuff like that because that's that's what I want to find out, like what's going on here. Yeah, you know what what happened, like you know that's that's so important. Right. Yeah, I love that story too because it's like you literally paid your dues, right? Learning every aspect of the right, business right. and just grinding it out just, until you finally built something. Like there's just something just. There's something about building something that it just it just attracts me more than anything. It's just like what what did you do? How did you right. do it? But the cool thing is the the atmosphere of it, you know, because I think everybody feels that same energy. Right. Like I I don't know. Like hopefully when you walk into Nudo, 
hopefully you feel like it's just hustle and bustle and then we've just kind of mm-hmm. been grinding for so long to create this like even though we've only been there for three years but it took three years to even get to that it took three yeah. years to even get to open it yeah it's a cool atmosphere man it almost kind of reminds me like like you said soul taco right like it's, just kind of like just just vibrant and just like full of energy right you know what i'm saying like so, right yeah it's a you, fun place yeah i mean it's kind of like because it's crazy because it's like it was fun for us eating our way through the country mm. But then, like, having, like, the St. Louis connections with Voltron and all this stuff, you know, just kind of, like, we wanted to put all that in there mm-hmm. just to give it a St. Louis flair, too. You yeah. Know what I mean? And so it's just kind of, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing. It's the story behind that, right? Right. It's the story behind all this stuff, all these other restaurants. Uh, I mean, that's kind of, like, where I'm like, oh, wow, you know, this, mm-hmm. the, you know, you oh, you've been open since 1993. This is crazy. Yeah, you know? and it's and, not, I mean, restaurants... I mean, so many of them fail, right? So whenever you are around for that long, it's like you're doing something, something right, right, one hundred percent, right. And I want to know about it. Yeah, know? like for me, I want to know about it because I respect the, I respect the grind, you know. Yeah, yeah. What What made you want to actually open Nudo House after? I mean, Miley had already been around for so long and is established and successful and stupidness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just wanted more headache yeah i mean i, I would have been fine with just my leads and i put myself in like a world of debt and then now this me- you know because opening yeah well, what ended up happening was i i had a long time ago my wife she took me to have ramen for the first time she goes you never had true japanese ramen I'm like well nobody in st louis does it I'm no. like, i never even had it and this was a long time ago and i was like all right so we happened to be out and about in Chicago, so we went to this Mitsua marketplace, this Japanese market in Chicago, because we were, I don't know what we were doing. We were, I don't know if we were visiting or whatever. It doesn't matter. She goes, I'm going to take you to this Japanese marketplace. We're going to have ramen. So we had the shio ramen, so we had the salt ramen, right? And I was like, holy mother, this is good. I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. And I was like, man, somebody should do this in St. Louis. And then my wife goes, why don't you do it? You're the soup guy. And I was like, I never thought about it. You know, I was like, well, I mean, that's not a bad idea. No, why right? not? So, you know, it just went on to years of research. and um, We could have opened. So we opened in 2017, right, that location mm-hmm. in Creve Core. But the crazy thing is we could, probably could have opened in 15, but I decided not to because I was like, this still ain't right. We need mm. to get this right. We need to do something because I was like, Heck, I got my leads. I was like, if I do this and fail, it's going to be a complete failure. Like, it's going to be a complete, like, I'm a total bum. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, with the reputation that my lease has, I was like, dude, I can't screw this thing up. Right. So that's when I sought out Nakamura. We yeah, I read that. From, yeah, it was just, like, crazy because that kind of what steamrolled everything. Because when I got him here, like, uh, not just St. Louis publications, but nationwide publications were like, what the heck is Nakamura doing in St. Louis? Like, how do you even get that guy to come to St. Louis, you know what I'm saying? Dude, like, I just did my research, and I was just, like, calling, making calls. Like, I, it took me six months to even get a hold of him. Really? Yeah. And then when he, because I knew it was so busy, but I knew he's consulted before. And, like, finally, you know, it was just crazy that we just kind of, like, somehow connected, and I talked to a person that helped translate for him, mm. and I was like, hey, listen, if he says no, he says no, but I can't keep calling. Like, it's been six months. You guys got to give me some, you know, give me a little love. Give here. me some. <laughs> right, and so that was the thing. I said, hey, listen, this is who I am. He can look up the website. He can look me up. I'm not some fucking bum, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, I will get him. I'll pay to get him here. We'll train with him. We'll take care of everything, but I want him to know that I'm not a bum. And you Right, know, like I'm you're serious. serious. 
Right, I'm serious. And then he did his research, and he was like, oh, these guys are serious. And we, and then after he came to St. Louis, he loved it. Like, he loved it. I mean, this guy from, you know, this guy from Tokyo, he was like, man, the food in St. Louis is outstanding. You know, the fried chicken, the pizza, that, like, he loved everything, especially the barbecue. Because I remember, I remember we, I, I got all these slabs of ribs from Pappy's. There was one slab left, and he goes, can I have that? And I was like, yeah, chef, that's, <laughs> that's for all you. you. That's all you. Take it. Take it. He goes, we'll have barbecue like this in Tokyo. He goes, there's nothing <laughs> like this. And so we we became we ended up having a great relationship became friends and we helped you know him with this first opening of his u.s restaurant in new york oh that's cool and it's crazy because you know a food writer just uh was doing some research and sent me a text a couple of days ago and was like holy cow i'm on nakamura's website here's a picture of you just boom you know Dude, that's awesome and i was like whoa really i haven't even been on it lately and she goes man this is great it's just like a picture of you guys doing research and he uses that as a you know, a, a, a springboard to kind of promote himself and kind of, right. which is great. Was he know? really even in the American market at that time? <laughs> Zero. Zero. Oh, wow. Zero. You had to really, like, seek him out. Well, yeah, so, and that's the thing. That's kind of like when, so I think that kind of, like, I don't want to say, like, yeah, I think his dream was always to have an American restaurant, a restaurant in America. Yeah. And uh, I, he has two now. So, you know, in New York. And that was the catalyst. Yeah. Like, so coming it, here to consult. But it's great. And it was just kind of, um, it's just kind of neat because we have such a great relationship and, you know, I can seek him out anytime. And, yeah. You know, and it, it's just, I mean, to say I have, to say I can talk to one of the four ramen gods of Japan anytime I want. That's, is, uh, that's insane. And I, I never call him, though. That's the crazy thing because you don't want to bug him. But right. it's, it's cool to be able to, you know, it's cool to be able yeah. to be like, whoa, man, that's pretty awesome. Just to have the connection, right? It's like, you don't want to abuse it, but it's just like, it's there. It's there. And it, it's, you know, and that's the thing. Like, that's why I say, like, I've been pretty fortunate because, like, I'm good friends with Danny Meyer, right? So Who's Danny Meyer? The king, oh, he owns Shake, the owner of Shake Shack. And, oh, okay. So, but Danny is from St. Louis. <gasps> so Danny Meyer in our world is like a god. Oh, okay. He's like so he's the dude. he's considered the king of hospitality. Mm. Um, you know, he's such a humble person. Um, he owns like his restaurant group in New York owns like twelve restaurants. He he pretty much transformed the new he transformed an entire industry. Really, and he started in New York, but he's from St. Louis. Oh, wow. And well, obviously he has Shake Shack, so he has Shake Shack all around the world. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing was, I was doing a dinner in New York, and I was cooking in New York, and I invited Nakamura. I was like, "Hey, you busy?" And I was like, "I'm cooking up here," blah blah blah. And the crazy thing is, I was like, uh, I didn't tell him, but I was like, uh, he, I sat Danny Meyer right next to him, and so you got this guy who's one of the four ramen guys of Japan. He was like a he was giddy like a kid. He was like, holy shit, I'm sitting next to Danny Meyer. What? This is like a huge honor. Like He's like, oh, my God, it's Danny Meyer. You know, like, That's so cool. Danny Meyer is a god in the food world. And he, he wrote this book called Setting the Table. Okay. And he talks about, and it's not just about, it's, it's about hospitality. And it's not just about food. It's about life and, you know, how you take care of your people. How to, like, create experiences yeah, for and, people. But it's just about taking care of your people. Okay. You know, like, every employee is your most important employee. You know, that's one mm -hmm. of his rules. Uh, you know, because your dishwasher may be the most important employee tomorrow. Right. But this guy will be the most. So, like, his philosophy is all your employees are the most important employee. Right. That's a good philosophy. And it's, it's not just that, but, you know, like, back in the day, like, in the 80s, you know, if you walked into a New York restaurant, it was like, hey, it's a privilege for you to be here. 
Mm. You know, but he was like, I'm from St. Louis. That ain't right. You know? Yeah. He literally transformed an entire industry. Oh, wow. And uh, he is, uh, he's one of the most unbelievable people. And I'm going to get that book. It's called Setting, Setting the, the Table. table. Yeah. It's awesome. But the crazy thing is, you know, how cool was it for me to be able to sit those two next to each other? Yeah, he created have, that experience. Well, to have one guy be like, holy shit, it's Danny Meyer, which, you know, Danny's like, oh, it's one of the four gods of ramen from right. Japan. You know, it's like, holy cow. <laughs> they're both impressed with <laughs> right, each other. they're both impressed with each other. It's like wow. you know, it's like you know, it's like Michael Jordan and Kobe sitting next to each other. You know, they, right? They both have that same respect. So you both know who you are, right? <laughs> right. You know, so it's just kind of you know. So, but yeah, that that's the whole thing. And it, it's cool to be able to, you know, I don't know. Somehow, my uh, being such an idiot helped create these types of relationships. Well, you don't overthink it, <laughs> or I have no shame. I just kind of go do it. I just do it, dude. I feel like so many people would hinder their progress just because for whatever reason, let's talk themselves out of it or create a reason why you can't or... I just tell people, sometimes you just got to go streaking, bro. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, No bro. matter, you know what I mean? For real. Just You just got to go and put yourself out like that. You just got to You only got to be brave for a little bit of right. time. Right. It's like, they'll forget about it, but if you do that, you know, you may catch someone's attention. You yeah. may get arrested or you may catch someone's attention. <laughs> Either way, it'll Either, be memorable. Right, right, right. So. <laughs> That's so funny. Have you considered, like, opening restaurants anywhere else in St. Louis? You know, I don't know. Um, or is it even worth it? I don't know if St. Louis is the next move. You know, I, again, this year we kind of want to focus and bring everything back and make sure that we stay afloat. Mm -hmm. You know, we recover from what happened last year. So, yeah. Um, you know, if I do do something in St. Louis, it may be a different concept, you know, or right now what we're looking at is possible opportunities in other cities. Well, yeah, I guess maybe I think sometimes I mumble. That's why I was, did you want to like maybe open up in a different city than yeah, St. Louis? Yeah, you know, there's a couple opportunities that uh, have uh, – lend his way to me and i'm going to wait and see okay uh what happens here uh we're gonna like i said we're gonna focus on st louis right now to make sure that yeah we bring everything back yeah uh and making sure that we do everything the right way to kind of come back from last year that makes sense and then next year um i'm going to look at you know i think these possibilities uh, these opportunities will still be there yeah and from there um you know, we'll we'll look at that, but it. Uh, I'm always looking at you know possible expansion. Yeah, I mean you're a true entrepreneur. Right? I mean I'm a true idiot. Maybe. I don't <laughs> well, know. you also started the the um was it the PPP company, personal protection. Yeah, so we started the PPE company. PPE right. equipment. Yeah. Yeah, so we started that just to help people out at the time, just to see. Um, you know, we can always have that. You know, my buddy does all printing and stuff like that, so we kind of like just kind of funneled like all the other businesses uh uh it's hand in hand right because yeah. it's like restaurants need ppe equipment masks you know gloves stuff like that but then they also need printing of shirts and this and that and if we can get it to them uh for cheaper which i know we always can then it helps everyone out right because it's just like a lot of restaurants are always and being a community person people are always like who's doing this for you and then i'm like well i always give people my connection Sometimes it works out, you know, sometimes it doesn't, but when it works out, it's great. You yeah. Know? So I'm more than happy to give people whatever. Man, that's it's so useful to, like, be able to, like, tap into somebody and be like, hey, man, who do you use for this? Or who, who do you go to? I just I actually just messaged somebody yesterday about something. I'm like, man, I want to work on this for a project. Like, who are you using for this? Right, it's great. I mean. It helps so much. But, yeah, you're you're definitely, like, you're doing more than 
<laughs> you're not only in the rest restaurant business. Like you got a lot on your plate for sure. Well, I just it doesn't stop either. That's the thing because people are like, will it ever stop? And I was like, I don't know. I think it. I don't think so. I think it just gets. It just. It just. It's just like that, bur- you know, that hay that just you just kinda, yeah. it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and I think it's just you just know you just going. accept that, right? Yeah, you just get you just get better at just dealing with it all. Yeah, you think you'll ever retire? <laughs> <laughs> you think you ever stop training? No. Yep. So that's the same answer. Yeah. Kind of like me. You I know? figured that would be your answer. It's kind of like me. It's like, even though I'm out of shape, but I'm always like, yeah, let's hit some mitts. You know? Yeah. Let's yeah let's. Let's run. Let's run a couple of drills. Yeah. or something. I don't even know what retirement is. Like I know what the idea of it is, but it's just like, at what point? Why would you stop doing? You just something? can't. I think people like us, we can't stop. I can't. You know, because we'll stop when we're dead. It's kind pretty of pretty much. Idea. Like I, I just feel like I always got to be doing something, building, improving, learning. It's just better. It keeps you mentally sharp. You know, forget the physical aspect. It's the it's the mental aspect. Like for me, I'll never have a six pack. I'll never have a you know all this again. I I won't look the way I used to look when I was fighting. But you know, but I just want to keep my mental sharp. Keep your mind sharp. Do you read? Are you a reader? Um, I like to hear audio. Okay, audio books. Because I'm more of a visual person. Okay. So I for, it's crazy because like I'll read a little bit, but I'm just kind of like, like I've read a bunch of books and cookbooks and stuff like that. But I'm very visual. Like if somebody could just you know just kind of. If I'd rather sit and somebody tell it to me. Okay. I absorb it better. Yeah. Yeah. I um I kinda do a little bit of both. I um as far as like the audibles though, like more recently I read like all quite a few of like I say read. I listen to quite a few like Michael Pollan's books. Mm. He's he's I like the way he writes about like food and cooking and, and different things. I was wondering if maybe you had uh consumed any of his stuff. He's great. I mean, I you know, there's so much out there that it's just one of those things where I'm like I haven't even read through well, there's maybe like half of my cookbooks I haven't even gone through yet. Yeah. You know, and I just like, oh, there's God. only so, there, much, there's time so the day. much but there's so much to absorb. Yeah. And it's just kinda like, yeah, there's only so much time in the day and so it's kinda like if something pops up, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And then it just sits there until I get to it. You know what I mean? But it's oh, always yeah. there. Like I do that too. You know, my wife we got like she built like these built in bookshelves and it's completely full of <laughs> but like cookbooks and you know the stuff you intend to get to <laughs> yeah and i mean and i've gotten through half of it yeah through the years but i you know it's just kind of like it's kind of like wine collecting right you buy so much wine you can't even drink all of it because right. like, i can't drink it fast enough yep it's just something about collecting things yeah a lot of these books dude sometimes i'm so weird dude sometimes i'll listen to an audible book and then i'll buy the actual hard copy <laughs> yeah because i, I want to have the book <laughs> well because a lot of times you want to there's certain things in there it's quicker for you to flip to you know where it's at, so you're quicker for you to flip to it than to like fast forward it. Yeah, you know, or just that's find true. that, find where it's at because you know, like you know, with all the indexes and everything, you know exactly. Like, if there's certain things you're looking for, yeah. you know exactly where to go back to relook at that passage. Yeah, and sometimes I just like this, like the physical experience mm-hmm. of just like holding the book. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I definitely, I usually do a, a blend of the two. Between, Trust me, like, I have the book, the actual copy. There's both. <laughs> I'm like you because I want the actual copy myself. Yeah, but it, it definitely, like when I'm listening to it, sometimes it just gets in a little bit easier. You want the actual copy. I'm the same way. I got to have the copy of the book. Oh, yeah. So. That's what's up, man. Well, Quee, I, I want to be, be respectful of your time, dude. Um, I know you're a busy guy. So This, this was fun. Thank you for getting me yeah, out thank you. a little bit. Yeah, so. I really appreciate you taking the time <laughs> to do this, man. Um, I'm going to put things in show notes, but is there anything that you wanted to, like, plug or promo or direct people to or anything like that? I just, you know, I appreciate everybody coming to support us, you know, at all three restaurants. You know, we're in The Loop. We're in Creepcore. We're in Brentwood. So we just appreciate it. We'll just continue doing it and feeding the community and, you know, 
keep moving. Dope, man. Yeah, and people, if you're in St. Louis, you have to check out this man's restaurants because they are phenomenal. My man. All right, Appreciate everybody. Till next time. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Again, big thank you to St. Louis Deck and Fence for sponsoring us. Also, I must ask you guys, if you are getting value out of the show, please just do me a favor, like and share it on all social media, subscribe if you aren't subscribed, leave a rating and review, tell a friend, all of these things don't cost you anything and it does help us grow so please do that and uh, we will be back very soon with another amazing conversation i love you guys just keep being rad human beings and i will see you next time bye